Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. For more information and to donate online, go to 3cr.org.au. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. I'm riding on my bike. I'm going round the block. No, I can't cross the road. I'm not allowed to do that. I'm so happy here, cuz. I'm just riding on my bike. Good morning and welcome to this week's edition of the Yarra Basket Users Group Radio Program for Monday, the 13th of April, 2020. We acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional owners of the land from which we transmit people-powered radio. Thank you to Democracy Now! for the last hour of current affairs. My name's Chris. On this week's show, I've got some news and events. If you cast your mind back to December, January, when um, I played segments from the Step Away From The Car series 2.0 and I did some interviews with Nikki Page. Well, this week I'm going to be catching up with a few more pieces from that uh, from that series. First one up is Scramble, and this is a great little one about kids in Adelaide. This is a the Scramble project in Adelaide, Push the Envelope and Schools Are Still Reaping New Benefits. What's this about? It's about National Walk to School Day, but also lots of kids riding as well. And uh, the second part I'll be playing today, Some Light in the Tunnels for Sydney's Greenway. And uh, if you're in Sydney, you would probably know about the Greenway. 20 years ago, some Sydney visionary cyclists, bush care enthusiasts and community representatives laid claim to an abandoned freight rail corridor with an eye to creating a haven for nature cyclists and the community in general so this is a catch-up on that news and events well unfortunately uh yarra basket advisory committee meeting for the 15th of april has been cancelled so uh we got a message from peter ecclesley about that and uh, just going to see if there's going to be another one in mid-june pending an improvement on the coronavirus situation and easing of social distancing requirements and he's just saying here, in the meantime, if you'd be happy to learn that the new priority crossing in Bennett Street, Fitzroy, will be open very shortly. There are some upgrades to the share path, Rushall Station, that are being uh, put in at the moment. So, yeah, go and check it out. I know where some of us have got a bit of an aversion to the area, considering a very long and uh, torturous process we went through. Personally, I'm waiting on Melbourne Metro too to get some uh, <laughs> resolution to that area. As mentioned last week, Faith mentioned the CrowdSpot survey that is going at the moment, and that's in conjunction with the Amy Gillett Foundation. And uh, I do like the opening sentence. Victoria is still striving to become a world-class cycling destination. Yeah, how many thousands, tens of thousands of words or things have been spoken about Melbourne and cycling, but really... It's not quite fit for purpose. Anyway, back to the survey. A lack of safety is a major barrier for people getting on their bikes. How does it feel to ride a bicycle? That has an impact on people's willingness to ride. Bike Spot 2020 provides an opportunity for all Victorians to share the perceptions of cycling safety and help develop new insights in prioritisation of cycling improvements. Well, what what does that mean? It means you can go do a uh, submission and... Uh, some of the things that people don't like so far, ten, uh, top 10 unsafe spots, is obviously South Bank Promenade, Haymarket Roundabout, oh, that's a cracker, uh, Swanson Street between Flinders and Flinders Lane, St Kilda Road between Flinders and Flinders Lane. Does that make sense? Hmm. 
Um, Chapel Street, Doring Fear, Sydney Road, Doring Fear. Now, what is going on with Sydney Road? Is Vic Road's finally going to uh, uh, publicly make available the results of uh, what they were doing up there from last year, or are they still going to sit on it and pay politics? Hmm, interesting. Uh, next one is Swanson Street, no bicycle lane. Elizabeth Street, no bicycle lane. St Kilda Road, approaching Commercial Road. Yeah, that is pretty garbage. And the uh, rounding out the top ten is the Docklands Rumble Strips. Now, to find out more details about Bike Spot Project, go to bikespot, that's all one word, dot org. And you can also look them up on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Now, on previous shows, I have mentioned things about, like, other places in the world doing uh, immediate delivery of tactical bicycle provisions as in you know making things uh, uh, routes for cycling have we seen anything in australia deadly squat so you know there's been absolutely nothing put in even though people are shying away from using public transport and if you've been riding around you would know that people are using cycling for short to medium term trips as a replacement to keep up what i think should be more adequately called physical distancing other than you know because it's interesting to take that in perspective of, you know, putting in provisional protecting provision is you go back a few weeks ago and I did a show on the Mallop Street Greenspine in Geelong where uh, the, the state government stepped in and saved that from being ripped up or part of it thereof being ripped up. Again, politics. But have we seen anything in terms of provision for Melbourne and regional areas in this uh, coronavirus Outbreak? Nah. Unless I'm proven wrong and you can contact the show and let us know if you know that one of your local councils has put something in. Social distancing. It's a bit of a malign turn. But uh, there's a good article on medium.com, a Belgium Dutch survey in times of COVID-19. You cannot walk, run, bike close to each other. Now, we've been hearing all about the 1.5 metres, 2 metres. Now, the cycling, because you're breathing a little harder, there has been some studies done into this in this survey. I will put the results up in the uh, podcast description, and I'll read out this paragraph. On the basis of these results, the scientist advises that walking the distance of people moving in the same direction in one line should be at least four to five metres. For running slow biking, it should be 10 metres. And for hard biking, it should be at least 20 metres. Also, when passing someone, it is advised to be ready in a different lane at a considerable distance, e.g. 20 metres for biking. So if you uh, have been doing laps on the bully by yourself, good. That's why it should be done. You know, going out for a ride by yourself or texting your friends if you're doing this, like, you know, only groups of smaller than two. But if you still think you can go out for a ride in the hills or beach road in a bunch, no, don't do that, please. Now, this has got uh, some credits in it. Uh, yep, that's urbanphysics.net, a few other bits and pieces. So it's a really good article put together by Jürgen Thorhen, if I've pronounced that correctly, because I'm an idiot when it comes to pronouncing things. Another part of this uh article goes into to explain the typical social distancing rule which many countries apply between one to two meters seems to be effective if you're standing still inside or even outside with a low wind but when you go outside for walk run bike ride you better be more careful when someone 
during a run breathes, sneezes or coughs, these particles will stay in the air. The person running behind you in the so-called slipstream goes through this cloud of droplets. Think about that. It's no point being paranoid or catastrophizing. We're just living in a uh, really, really bizarre time at the moment where we've got to be mindful, consider facts and not conspiracies and any old garbage you pick up off social media. There's a lot of absolute crap out there at the moment and... Uh, I like to think that the uh, listeners of this uh, show and podcast are better than that. (laughs) Okay, so after the break, I'm going to go into step away from the car and uh, about kids in Adelaide and then followed up by Sydney's Greenway. You're listening to 3CR. We really are in unprecedented times and 3CR, as your local community broadcaster, is trying to do our part to minimise the spread of the coronavirus throughout the community. At the front of our minds is protecting the most marginalised and vulnerable, but we are still here. And we'll continue broadcasting 24 hours a day with radical alternative content throughout this period, but things will sound a bit different. Some programmers will present their shows on the phone and we'll be finding creative ways to bring you our regular programming. So stay tuned, stay safe, and be kind to each other. Are you trapped in your car? In this series, we explore different ways to Step away from the car. Did you ride a bike to school? If not, I'm so sorry and I do hope that you get to ride to work sometime soon. And maybe if you're lucky you'll get to do it with a whole mass of others on a road that's been closed to cars so it's really fun. Like the great project called Scramble when the school students got to do just that. Here's lead artist with the project Bridget Murzo. When my children were young and we were looking for a primary school, we went to a local primary school and from a very young age we were walking and cycling to school. Then at a point it got really busy, there was a lot of congestion around the school so I decided to start up a walking bus with the school counsellor and uh, we were doing that once a month and we had to do it like twice a month on a Friday because it was really popular for parents to park and drop their kids at a local shopping centre and then those that could would walk with us. And the experience of that, of actually encouraging other people to overcome their perceived fear of walking and cycling was something that I felt was very empowering for the children and the families. So what happened was the City of Prospect was looking for an artist team to come up with creative approaches to encourage people to walk and cycle to school. That was the Scramble Project. Let's hear then what you actually did uh, once you were employed with that, uh, what you actually did with the Nailsworth and Prospect Primary Schools. Okay, so um, I worked with another artist, Stephen Noonan, who's a physical theatre artist, and I I was working as a community artist. And our vision for Scramble and for the three schools we worked with was to empower the kids to find the fun and freedom that I remember from my childhood, what it was like to walk and cycle to school. And part of the program was to do art activities focusing on active transport and to do circus activities in the classrooms. 
Tell us, um, tell us a bit more about some of those. Oh, okay. Projects. So we made community art. So we painted stoby poles with like themes of walking and cycling and kids on scooters and roller skates. And we made artworks around the schools and, you know, put them on fences and everything. And But the biggest thing we did is we were doing those activities to promote some really large whole school walking and cycling events. So that was the build-up? Yeah, it was. Oh, we also did bicycle decorating workshops. <laughs> and that meant that all the kids on the week of our riding to school activities would get their parents to get the bikes out of the shed and pump the tyres up so they could take them to school before the event and we could decorate them. And it was a good ploy to get everybody in the school talking about the ride to school day. So nobody could go on the morning, oh, my God, I haven't pumped the tyres up. Yeah. You sound like there was a lot of intelligence and experience being applied in this project. And then tell us about the big days. So we coordinated the walk and cycling events with the National Walk and Cycle to School events because that gave it a a bit of a momentum because you're connecting with schools all across Australia. And we had whole school events, like for Prospect Primary, we closed off the whole of Broome Road, which has got this amazing hill. And the kids just had such a hoot going up and down and up and down the hill. We got to get permission from all the local, but it was, we had three cycle events at Prospect Primary and with Nailsworth and Prospect North, we did walk to school events and we had stilt walkers and do park and ride so that people from all around the neighbourhood could go to a local meeting point, park or walk there and then follow a stilt walker and had this huge procession of kids to show what fun it is walking and cycling to school. And and once again, you had involved art there, haven't you? I've seen the videos and there's lovely footage of fairly young children. They're not they're not trailing a stick along a corrugated iron fence. They're trailing a stick with chalk behind them as they walk to school. And but it really worked, hey? Yeah, I found some really simple things that appealed to kids because I had young kids myself and actually being able to see the path you'd made. Um, it was inspired by walking at the beach and trailing stick in sand. So I tied sidewalk chalk to um, a piece of cane and the kids would trail that as we walked around the neighbourhood. And you could just look back and see that you'd walked a long way and it, the kids just absolutely loved it. And painted dinosaur footsteps on them? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that was another uh, great activity that we had. I asked children to paint footsteps, whatever they wanted to, whatever animal they wanted to. And then we made these into many different colours and painted them around Nailsworth Primary School. And so when kids were walking to school, it became a game because they'd jump between the monster footsteps or they'd tiptoe between the small animals' footsteps. So that, that was that thing about creating a sense of adventure on your walk to school. I wish, dear listener, you could see the the happiness in Bridget's face when she's talking about this. You obviously had a great time yourself doing it. Yeah, I, I um, it's something I really believe in uh, because I think that if families support their children to take active transport, it actually gets the whole family out there. And it means that walking and cycling can become a habit and then possibly... As for myself, because I cycled here today, it can become a lifelong habit. 
And I think that that's something, if you start young, you're actually doing something as an individual that's so sustainable and so achievable. And fun. Yes. What was the impact then of these projects on those school communities? Have you got a sense of that now? Because it's a few years ago, isn't it? Yeah, well, we had some really great impacts at the time. I did a lot of consultation with the schools and we realised that we needed to make the routes to school a bit safer. So the City of Prospect was quite committed to this. They had some funding. They got some partnership funding from the Department of uh, Planning, Transport and Infrastructure. And we put in an emu crossing at one school so that it was safe to cross the road near the school. And the, the school community identified where they wanted it as well. We had more two-minute drop-off zones installed around schools, a bit of one-way traffic thing happening to make it safer, some traffic calming. And so all of these initiatives that made it safer helped support the people that wanted to choose active transport. And for every person that chose to walk a cycle, it's one less car. Exactly. And maybe one less car into the future, as you say. Maybe they're more likely to be on bikes, yeah. As part of the project, you made a couple of really lovely little videos. How can people find them? Well, they're actually at the... uh, You can find them on the City of Prospect website because they've got a, a really good website with projects on them and they're under the name Scramble. And that the purpose of the videos was really to give the children a voice because often parents think that their children don't want to walk or cycle but it's actually the other way around it's the parents who feel that they don't have the time and I remember on the videos one of the parents says actually if we drove to school we'd have to park so far away that it's quicker to walk or cycle and then I get a bus to work and it's actually more efficient if we do that so uh, sometimes the children who really love walking and cycling had to encourage their parents to come on board. Bridget Minuzzo, lead artist with Scramble Project in Adelaide. You've been listening to Step Away from the Car, recorded at the 2019 Australian Walking and Cycling Conference by Nikki Page and Suzanne Rees and produced at Radio Adelaide. To help stop the spread of viruses like flu and coronavirus, good hygiene is essential. That starts with washing your hands with soap and water for at least 20 seconds whenever you cough, sneeze or blow your nose. Prepare food or eat. Care for someone sick, touch your face or use the toilet. Together, we can help stop the spread and stay healthy. Visit health.gov.au to learn more. Authorised by the Australian Government, Canberra. A 3CR supporter. Are you trapped in your car? In this series, we explore different ways to step Away from the car. Some projects require significant tenacity and vision to bring them into being. Sydney's Greenway began as a grassroots initiative more than 20 years ago and has finally secured funding to integrate active transport with ecology, recreation and culture. 
Environmental engineer Alexa McCauley talks about the project. My name's Alexa McCauley. I'm an environmental engineer and I work in green infrastructure design in Sydney. The Greenway began as an idea more than 20 years ago. It's a corridor in Sydney's inner west which follows the route of a former goods rail line. In the 1990s, community saw an opportunity for cycling, for bush care within that corridor, which was like a little patch which was still wild. Community groups came up with the idea of converting it into a greenway. It's taken a very long time. In 2017, funding was announced. In 2018, I started to develop a master plan and concept designs. Sydney's planning documents now call for a green grid across the city. We now recognise people are happier and healthier when they have access to nature, when they're getting outdoors, when they're active, and we're seeing the value in urban ecology. We're realising that lots of animals live in the urban environment. It's a really important habitat. For a long, long time, it was an advocacy project. Because it took so long for the Greenway to attract funding, Those visionary community members had to be really creative. They had to think creatively about how to keep the project alive. What's been created, a great arts program with events, a great education program for primary school students who who get out for walks and rides and learn about the ecology and the history of the area. Was there any danger it was going to be uh, demolished or developed in another way? In 2011... The goods line was converted to a light rail. That was a positive development and the light rail's been better used than anticipated. The promise was that the Greenway would be delivered with the light rail infrastructure. But halfway through the Greenway was canned. That was devastating. But you know, more time has also allowed the project to be, instead of being delivered as part of that big infrastructure project, it's now being driven by the local council. And there is a more balanced focus on making a great place that involves all those other things, the ecology and the arts. And So what infrastructure are we talking about? What needed to be built to realise this vision? Well, one of the things about the Greenway route is that everywhere that the rail crosses a road, and some of those are really busy roads that are really big barriers to active transport, the light rail fits under the, under the road in an existing tunnel but there's no room to put a cycle path or a shared path as well. The biggest investments that the council will make is in new tunnels under those major roads. So we should see construction actually begin next year. How many tunnels need to be enlarged to make this work? In the master plan, there's plans there for, I think it might be three or four tunnels that don't all have funding straight away. The ones that have been prioritised are, you know, the ones that replace the most dangerous road crossings. It's now got a a light rail running through it. Did that impact on the, the community things that had been coming up? Was that a bit of a setback there? The light rail has definitely brought more development to the area and the community is feeling the impact of that development. There's more people moving in. Some of that wild bushland knocked down for new development. There's more pressure on parks and open space. And so it does feel like a threat to the local community who've who've worked really hard for the Greenway. How big is this Greenway? It's about five and a half kilometres long. 
and the width really varies. Like in some places, the corridor is really confined between the, the, the light rail tracks and private properties. In other places, it opens up into, into sections of parkland. What's proposed is, is a three and a half metre share path along the whole route, but as well as the shared path, a whole lot of park upgrades and secondary paths and more vegetation and things. Cities are starting to wake up to the fact that if we do have a, a patch of, of wildness, it probably needs to be protected. The thinking is moving beyond protection too. Like I think we've understood for a reasonably long time the need to, to protect our natural ecosystems. You know, If we've got a, a patch of remnant bushland, that legislation protects it. But the Greenway is also looking at opportunities to enhance the urban ecology and it is a little bit of a shift in thinking in ecology that we're realising that even in areas like the inner west where there's, there's not much remnant bushland left, if any, and it's not so much about protecting what's left, it's, it's about enhancing what's there. Even if it's weedy and doesn't look like pristine bushland, it's still important habitat, it's still supporting some really interesting species. It's allowing people to connect with nature and experience something special right in their neighbourhood and, and residents tell us, well, the National Park is nice, but it's a long way away and it's really valuable for us to have this on our doorsteps. This is our National Park. This is important to us. That's really interesting feedback yeah. about that need for patches of greenery, really. The research is also showing that these connections with nature are good for our brains, our health overall. Yes, we certainly need to move into a place where cities are more than just about sort of people and dwellings, but there is a significantly more interaction with the natural world because um, we need it. When I think about the Greenway and, and what I'm trying to design there, I think about oh, designing something, like even if you don't realise you need it, to go for a walk and, and just accidentally discover something. Slow down stop and discover something along the way and that some of those accidental interactions you'll find valuable in ways you didn't expect. It took about a year to develop the master plan and, and that came out in 2018. Since then I've been working on concept design development for another year or so. What sort of things are included in that? All the details of how they can be built and what it's going to cost. One of the big issues along the Greenway is existing services in the corridor, working around all the energy cables and water mains and sewage pipes. I've spent a lot of time looking at all that infrastructure and working out how to design around it. Lots of time talking to residents about what's going to happen in their street or over their back fence in the rail corridor and, and make sure that everyone's comfortable with what's proposed. Are you finding a general sense of people are okay with this? Because the project has had such a long gestation, there's good awareness about it in the community. So even some of the residents who may have concerns about the very particular things happening in the vicinity of their house, at least they've already got an understanding about the project as a whole and some support for the project as a whole. And that does make it easier to get over some of the challenges like parking and noise and other issues people might worry about. You said that building will start happening soon? The plan is uh, to get some of the construction work started next year. It's still not as soon as anyone hoped, and 20 years is, is a long time for any project. And Well, lots of interesting things have developed over 20 years. You don't want every project to have to wait that long. 
it's actually good to see that people have held on to this yeah. to actually bring the project to life rather than it being a great idea that died and got <laughs> developed over. Such an important part of that has been developing a, a vision for the project that appeals not just to cyclists and not just to bush care volunteers but to a really broad cross-section of the community like bringing the school community in and bringing the arts and cultural events in was so important to to making a vision for the greenway that a big part of the community could buy into. Alexa McCauley is an environmental engineer with more than 15 years experience in green infrastructure policy planning and design. You've been listening to Step Away From The Car, recorded at the 2019 Australian Walking and Cycling Conference by Suzanne Rees and Nikki Page, and produced at Radio Adelaide. This week's Yarra Bicycle User Group radio program should be podcast soon on 3cr.org.au forward slash podcast or go to yarrabug.org forward slash radio if you want to find additional details of what we discussed today. These podcasts are produced at Melbourne's activist radio station 3CR. Presenters are all volunteers and 3CR's existence depends upon the financial support of our listeners. Go to 3cr.org.au, click on the support tab and select either donate, subscribe, shop or fundraisers. Your subscription or donation keeps 3CR on air. Get on that bicycle and ride Neath the sunny skies or along the ocean side 3CR would like to thank our Yarrabug program sponsor, Vacro Second Chance Cycles for their financial support. Second Chance Cycles is a fantastic community workshop that recycles bikes, trains people in bike mechanics and sells bikes to the local community. To find out more, Google Vacro or drop in to the underground car park, Harmsworth Street, Collingwood, any Thursday or Friday. Yeah, get on that bicycle and ride the sunny... You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.